0: Thank you for being with us at Destiny today, worshiping the Lord, worshiping the true and living God, Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, Savior of my life, of your life, of your family. It's good to be a part of God's family, amen. Amen. My name's Pastor Matt, I just wanna welcome you here today. If you're new to Destiny, we're so glad that you're here today. We believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life that is good. And so that's what we're all about at Destiny Church, is helping you walk out the destiny that God has for you. Now, how many of you know that we're better together? Amen? Amen? Life's better when we're together. So thank you for being here with us today. We're going to spend a few moments uh, in God's Word together. How many of you love the Word of God? Yes. There's like seven people over here. I don't know what's going on in this section. How many of you love the Word of God over here? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I had uh, breakfast with someone this this week, and uh, he said, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but he said, I use verbal judo on the congregation. And I said, give me an example of that. He says you lovingly chastise people when you don't get the right response that you want. And as I just did that, I realized I did some verbal judo on this section over here, so (laughs) forgive me this morning. Um, So this morning, if you would, open with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. As you know, or maybe you don't know, if if you're new here today, you you probably don't know, but for those of you who have been with us through the summer, uh, we have been spending some time Focusing this summer on our relationship with God, and growing in our connection with God, growing in our walk with our Creator, with the Lord, and so we've we've spent some time uh, studying about learning about two aspects of how we grow in our walk and relationship with God. The first one was worship, and the second one is prayer. Worship. And prayer and these are two if you want to call them tools that God has given to us that we can put into practice in our lives that we can use these avenues of worship and prayer to draw near to God to have our relationship with God grow and strengthen now the last several weeks we've taken a little bit of a break from that but today we're coming back to the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to finish our study of the Lord's Prayer uh, today, And so uh, I think we have it for you on the screen this morning from Matthew chapter 6 and starting in verse 9. And really what this is, is what the Lord's Prayer is, just as a bit of refresher for you this morning, is Jesus' disciples came to him and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, we want to grow in our our relationship with God. We we want to know the right way to pray. And so Jesus gave this prayer to his disciples as a model prayer, or as it's become known, the Lord's Prayer. And for 2,000 years, plus, God's people, the people of God, have been using this prayer to connect with the Lord. This is a tried and true method of growing in your relationship with God. Saints throughout history, throughout millennia, have been using this prayer as a model for how to approach God and how to pray. A a way of connecting with God, a way of connecting with your creator. You know, God is the one who gave you life. Did you know that? You're alive today because God has given you life. You were God's idea. You weren't your dad's idea or your mom's idea. You were God's idea. The Bible tells us before God even created the world, he already knew who you would be. He knew what you would look like. He knew the color of hair you would have, the lack of hair that you wouldn't have. He knew the color of your skin, the color of your eyes, how tall you would be. God wrote your DNA code that that has produced for you the way that you've grown up and the the way that you've taken shape. Um, God knew your personality. He knew the things that you would like, the things you wouldn't like. He created you the way you are. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of us are more fearfully made than others. Um, that's a joke, I'm sorry, I was trying to be funny. But anyway, that, that God has created all of us uniquely. You know, it's, it's so amazing to me, of all the people that have ever lived and walked the earth, there's only been one of you. You'd think, you'd think that maybe at some point God would run out of, like, <laughs> templates and have to start over. But I've, I've never seen two people who are the same. I've seen some people who, who sort of look alike. But I've never met two people who are identical, even identical twins. They, they're, they're different. Their personality is different. The things they like are different. There's only one of you. God created you, who formed you. He fashioned you. You, he's the author and the giver of your life and he his desire is to have a relationship with you his desire is to to be connected with you that his life would be poured out into your life and so he has given us his children the gift of prayer so that we can grow in our relationship with him and the Lord's prayer is just is one of those ways that we can pray and what this prayer does is it helps us to reorient our heart in the right position, in the right posture to our Creator God. This, this prayer is like a tune-up for your soul. How many of you have ever had a car that needed some tune-up or some alignment? You ever driven a car that has a wheel out of alignment and it just, it's, something's wrong or that's misfiring? Sometimes living life in this fallen world, this broken world as it is, Sometimes our soul needs a little bit of a tune-up, too. And what this prayer does is it's like a tune-up for our soul. It it helps our soul to become realigned with seeing the the world the way God sees the world and for us to live in right relationship with Him. And so what I want to do today is, uh, before we get into the part we're going to cover, let's pray through this prayer together. So why don't we all stand today? And many of you have this memorized, Uh, many of you don't. It's on the screen here for you. But I I don't want us to read it, Um, I want us to pray it. So if you need to read it to pray it, that's fine. But let's not just read it, let's pray this prayer together, okay? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen you can be seated this morning so we're going to cover this last section that starts with lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's two things I want you to know about this statement for it to make sense. The first thing is that these two things are connected. These two things are not separate ideas, they are connected together. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. We're going to see how these two things are connected in a few minutes. The second thing I want you to see is that there are spiritual forces at work. There are spiritual forces at work, at play in your life. There is more going on in your life today than what your five senses can tell you. There's more going on than what you can see and taste and hear and smell and touch. There's more happening than just the material world. There is a spiritual world. There is a supernatural realm. You need to know that, you need to understand that. What happens in that world and what happens in that realm is what is playing out in our world every single day. And within this spiritual world, within the supernatural realm, there are forces of good and forces of evil. And both of these uh, uh, forces are at work in your life every day. And what praying this prayer, deliver us from evil, keep us from temptation, it reminds us when we pray this, that there's more going on in my life, in the people in my life, in the events of my life, than what I can simply experience in the natural world. There's more going on than than just the material world. We live in a culture that is obsessed with the material world obsessed with the senses, of satisfying the five senses, of pursuing happiness through our senses. There have been other cultures that have put a higher value in times past, and even in the East that put a higher value on not what your senses can tell you, but what kind of spiritual experience that you can have. But our culture puts just this huge, value on the material realm. And so we as Christians who serve the Father God, who the Bible tells us is spirit, we need to understand and not just walk through life blindly using only these eyes to see. You see, if I walk through life only using my five senses, only perceiving life through this window, I'm actually walking through life blind to what's happening in the spiritual world, the supernatural world. There are forces for good and there are forces for evil and they're both involved in our lives and the contrast between these two forces couldn't be greater. Jesus put it this way in John 10.10. He said, Satan, the enemy, the force of evil in the world, he has come to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. I used to think that those were out of order. Steal, kill, and destroy. It seems like it should be steal, destroy, and kill. But I've heard Pastor Terry give a teaching on how there's actually something worse than dying. That there is a destruction of your soul and spirit for all eternity. That's what Satan is after. He wants to rob from you. He wants to kill the work the plan of god even your very own life and he wants to destroy your eternity but jesus contrasted it he said that's the work of satan but i have come that you might have life and not just any kind of life not just a life that's barely hanging on but a life that is more abundant an overflowing eternal life You see the contrast between between good and evil, between light and darkness, between God and Satan, it, it couldn't be greater. Satan wants to steal life from you. Jesus wants to put his life in you. And we have to be aware that these forces are at work in our lives every day, every day. And it's amazing, as, as, as believers, as Christians, so often in this world, we do go through life not paying attention to what might be happening in the spiritual world. We get so focused on our, our job or our family or our relationships, our career, what's happening here and there, sports teams, now I'm really getting on people. Um, hobbies, um, The Bachelorette, uh, Netflix, right? We, we, and, and none of those things are evil, but we can't allow those things to, to blind us from, from a greater reality. You see, you are a triune being. You are spirit, soul, and body. And we get so occupied on the body that we don't take care of our soul. We don't realize that our spirit's gonna spend eternity somewhere. And so we need to realize that these forces are at work in our lives that Satan wants to destroy us. So now back to this prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, this is, this first part, lead us not into temptation, This is a bit of a curious statement because as we studied in James chapter one, that God, he doesn't tempt anyone, right? James chapter one says, when you're tempted, you can't say it's God that's tempting me because God is is 100% good. There's no shadow, there's no hint of darkness, there's no evil in God whatsoever. God cannot and will not tempt you. So then why does Jesus teach us to pray that we would not be led into temptation? So Jesus is not saying, Lord, please don't tempt me. That's not what we pray. What we're praying is, Lord, let me be kept from temptation today. Lord, keep my heart. Lord, the the things that would tempt me, the things that would lure me away, Lord, let me not be overcome by temptation today. Let me not be led astray by temptation. What is temptation? Anybody? A desire? A desire? Enticing. enticing, that's a good word. Lust, that is a specific temptation. Temptation is a, a desire or alluring or an enticing to sin, and enticing to sin, alluring to sin. It's that voice, it's that little red guy on your shoulder saying, curse your boss out. Shoot the finger at that guy on 410. <laughs> Even though it's your husband driving behind you, <laughs> right? It's that, it's, that lure, it, it's that desire luring us away into sin. What is sin? Sin is breaking God's law, God's commandment. You see God, the Creator God, He has created the world and He's given to His people, to His children, His good law, His good commands. And do you know why He's given us His commands? Because He loves us. God has given you His word, His law, His good commands Because he loves you. He wants to keep you from evil. He wants to keep you from hurt and harm and shame and brokenness and broken lives and broken relationships and the burden of sin. He wants to keep you from all of that. And so he's showing us this is how to live life in this world. And what temptation is, it says, you know, God's got some ideas of his own. But if you really want to be happy, you need to go this way. If you really want to be satisfied, if if you really want to find what you're looking for, you need to forsake God's law, God's commands, and you need to go your own way. That's temptation. And really, all sin, listen to me, all sin is rooted in unbelief belief. All sin is rooted in, I am doubting God's word. God's word has told me this, but I think if I do something else, I'll really get what I want. I'll really get what I need. That relationship, that promotion, that whatever. I'm going to forsake God's laws to go after what I really want or really need and that is unbelief that is doubt and so what temptation is temptation is an invitation to doubt God it's an invitation to doubt God to doubt his word to doubt his nature his character that he is good and that he loves you You see, Satan will come and he'll say, if you really want to be happy, you're going to have to do this. And it's totally separated from God's law, God's commands. If you really want to have satisfaction, you've got to go this way. And the truth is, that way, following... Sorry, all you people over here, I don't know why I'm saying you're the devil's way today. It's just because the Bible's over here. So, But if... The the truth is that when you walk away from God's way, it never produces good fruit in your life, ever. Can I get an amen from some people that have gone this way before? In the end, in the end, there's nothing there but steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life abundant so when we pray this prayer lead me not into temptation we're praying Lord let my heart not believe the lies of the enemy Lord let my heart today not believe the lies that our world is trying to sell me help me to stand secure in your truth today Let me not be led away into temptation today. Let me not be led away into unbelief or into doubt. Paul put it this way the Apostle Paul, speaking about temptation in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, he said this No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. What that means is that you're not facing any trial or temptation that has not been faced by others before. You know, one of the lies Satan tells us is that when we face temptation, he'll say things like, you're the only one who's being tempted in this. (laughs) Nobody else is facing this temptation. Nobody else is struggling with this sin. You're all alone. You're all by yourself. Everybody else at Destiny Church has got it all together. You're the only one in that church that's got problems. You're the only one in the men's group that's got issues. You're the only one at this prayer meeting who's struggling today. It's a lie of the enemy. I don't know what temptation you're facing today. I do know that we're all facing temptation every day because there's evil forces in our world. But what I do know is that this verse teaches us that I'm not facing anything that somebody else hasn't already faced before. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all points, in all ways as we were, yet without sin. That Jesus has faced every temptation, yet he didn't sin. I know that this church, whatever whatever temptation you're facing today, I guarantee you that there's somebody in here today that has faced that very same temptation. and has failed and has overcome by the power of God. So if you're struggling today, you're not alone. You're not alone. There are people in our body, there are people in our church family that have been through what you've been through who can help you, walk alongside you to find freedom and victory and power over the temptation in your life. You are not alone. See, the enemy wants you to keep your sin hidden. It's like a cancer. And he wants you to keep it hidden. Because if you expose it, God can deal with it. God can eradicate it. God can get it out of your life. But if it stays hidden, it grows and it spreads. And it begins to affect every area of your life. And what what does it do? It steals, it kills, it destroys. So you're not facing anything today that somebody else in here has not faced. I guarantee you that. You're not alone. But the second thing he says is that God is faithful, that when we are tempted, God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. faithful. Say, "God God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. When you face temptation, God has provided for you a way of escape every time. So when we are in temptation, Lord, don't let me be overcome by this temptation. Lord, show me the way of escape. If you will pray that prayer, you will see the way of escape. God will lead you out of it. But how many of you have found that when you are being tempted and you give in to temptation, you were not praying? You were not praying. I have never sinned while I was praying. I've never been tempted and been praying, God, don't let me give into this temptation. Lord, give me the power. Lord, show me the way of escape. Oh, I just sinned. It doesn't work that way. Prayer is one of the ways that we overcome temptation in our lives. As we go to God, Lord, let me not be overcome by this temptation. God is faithful. You can't say the devil made me do it. (laughs) You can't say God forsook me, God abandoned me, God didn't provide a way of escape for me. God is always faithful. The bottom line on this point, believers, Christians, we should pray to be delivered from temptation. When you face temptation, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You see, the enemy, he comes and he lies to you. He says, God doesn't want to hear your prayer. You think God wants to hear from you, you sinner? God can't stand you. God hates you. God's disgusted with you. The enemy comes and he speaks these lies into your head. And the, 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 the issue is, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God's word says about you? Which is that you are his child, that he loves you, that he sent his son Jesus to die for you, that if you are covered in the blood, that you are in Christ and that you are a new creation, that he desires to have relationship with you, that he's, he's torn down the separation that exists between us so that we could have fellowship? Are you going to believe that? Or or are you going to believe the lies of the enemy? You see, when we fall and fail, the the enemy brings a voice of condemnation in our life, but that's not from God. Romans 8.1 says that for those who are in Christ, there is now no condemnation. What we do experience is the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but conviction draws us back to himself. Through conviction, God is saying, come back to me. I know you went your own way, I know you fell down, I know you got beat up and bruised up, but come back to me because I love you, and I want to heal you, and I want to put some band-aids on you, and I want to send you back out there to live for me. That's conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. We can't listen to the lies of the enemy, They'll they'll, they'll destroy our lives. The second half of this is deliver us from evil. So how does evil manifest in our lives? I think the primary way evil manifests in our lives is when we give in to temptation. When we give in to temptation. And here is the connection between these two statements. Most likely, the greatest evil you will ever experience in your life, it will manifest through your own sin evil in our world it only manifests through my sin and your sin that's the only place evil is manifesting in our world someone somewhere gave into temptation when we give into our own temptation we invite forces of evil to come and be at work in our lives Sin being rooted in unbelief, when I doubt God's word, I open myself up to the spiritual forces of darkness, to forces of evil. When I act in unbelief, when I continue in sin, pursuing sin, I open the door for Satan to have a stronghold in my life. This is why we say there's no small sin. It's not like, oh, I just have a a little bit of cancer. It's no big deal. I'll go have it checked out in five years. It's like, get it out of me immediately. That is sin in our lives. Why do we feed it? Why do we babysit it? Why do we don't touch it? Why do we tell people to, to stay away from from, from that, we, we, we act out. When, when people get near to it, we lash out at them. Man, God is wanting to uproot that from your life to pour his life into you so that Satan can have a stronghold in your life so that you won't be exposed to attack. The Bible tells us that sin ultimately brings death in our lives. That when we sow seeds of sin, the fruit that grows is death. Death. Death in relationships. Death in the plan of God, in purpose of God in your life. The wages of sin, the fruit of sin in our lives is death. And the reason this is, is because sin brings separation between us and God. And God is the author and the giver of life. God is the author and giver of life. There is no source of life other than God. And so if I am separated from God, if through sin, I am separated from God, it brings death in my life. Because God is the only source of life. He's the only giver of life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, when we sin, the story of this book, the story of this book, from the very beginning to the very end, is that when we sin, God pursues us. That when we sin, when we fall, when we fail, because God loves us, He pursues us. He comes for us. He seeks to come and bring healing to us. When we sin, God pursues. Jesus said that He came to seek and to save. The people that had it all together? The people that weren't sinners? No, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Those who were hurt, those who were broken, those who were dead in their sins. Jesus came for the broken people. Jesus came for me and for you. When we sin, God pursues You're here today because God is pursuing you. You're not here today because you're pursuing God. You're here today because God is pursuing you. Before you were ever born, before you were ever created, before your great-grandparents ever got together, God knew you would be here today. God knew that you would need a Savior the Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus laid down his life, endured the punishment that I deserve, that you deserve, the death that's the result of my sin. He took it upon himself, paid the price, the penalty for it. So that as the Bible says, I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible calls this the great exchange. That we bring our, our, our life that is marred and stained with sin. We offer that up to God and God puts upon us his Righteousness. because god is pursuing us to receive this gift to receive this forgiveness to receive his righteousness all we ever need do when we go our own way is to turn around god is right there every single time it doesn't take him 20 minutes to catch up with you he's right there because he's pursuing you he's pursuing you with healing with love with hope with redemption forgiveness all of it, with peace, with joy, all of it. Everything he has to offer, this abundant life, he's pursuing you with it, and he's waiting for you to stop and to turn around. That's what the word repent means, to turn. So I'm gonna turn from my sin, my way of brokenness, my way of pursuing temptation, going my own way that ultimately leads to death. I'm gonna turn from that, and I'm gonna trust in Jesus. I'm gonna embrace Jesus. And when we do, God pours his life into us. God is pursuing you today. There's some of you who are in here today that Satan has lied to and said, God could never forgive you. Satan has told you the things that you have done are unforgivable. It's a lie. There is nothing greater, nothing stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no sin that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cover if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. If under the conviction of the Holy Spirit you will turn from your sin and trust in him, he will pour his life, this, what's called Zoe life, he will pour it into you, abundant life, eternal life. And it starts here. It starts now. It starts today and it continues for all eternity. It never ends. It carries you from this life into the next life to be with the Lord in his presence forever and ever. This prayer concludes with this doxology or this, it's like a song of praise. It says, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever, amen. This is us saying, God, it's all about you. It's all about you. All of my life is about you. It all belongs to you. It's all a gift from you. This is us declaring our ever-present need for God. God, I need you today. Acknowledging our need of God. This is us saying, God, I am completely and totally dependent upon you every day, every moment. God, it's your life that gives me life today. Lord, it's it's your mind that created my mind. Lord, it's your thought that even gave me the ability to think. Lord, it's it's your life that, that's giving me the ability to to pray, to breathe, to, to, to animate today, to, to move, Lord. Everything is from you today. And it's all a gift of your grace poured into me because I don't deserve it. What have I earned? What have I earned with my life? Nothing but the wages of sin. Yet God, in his love and his grace, he pours out into us every single day. How many of you woke up this morning? Amen. (laughs) It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Every breath is a miracle. Every breath is God pouring life into you every moment. And as we pray this prayer, yours is the kingdom. God, help me to think about you and your your kingdom today. It's not about me and my little kingdom. It's about your kingdom today. God, yours is the power. Lord, it's not me sitting on a throne. It's about you sitting on a throne. It's not about me uh, acquiring power and influence. It's about me living under your power and influence today. And yours is the glory. Lord, it's not about me living for my life and for my praise and for likes and clicks and tweets and... Repost, God, it's not about me and my glory. It's about me living for your glory today, forever and ever. God, every single day, every moment that I have, every breath that you give me, let me live it for your glory. Amen. Can you imagine if you started every day that way? What would your life look like? If you started your day this way, praying this prayer, reorienting your heart to be in right relationship with your creator, your life would be much different. Your life, when, when we do that, it's, it's like we, we, we open up our arms and we say, God, pour your life into me today. Pour your life into me. That resurrection life that you have, that only you have, But everything else is false. Everything else fades. Everything else withers and dies. But your resurrection life, it endures forever. Pour it into my life today. Praying this prayer invites God's life into your life every day. It will change your life. You know, I want to encourage you as we wrap up this series on worship and prayer to make connecting with God through worship and through prayer. Make this a priority in your life. Make it a priority in your life. What is a priority? It's when you put something first. What does it mean to put something first? It means you don't wait till midnight to do it. Right? (laughs) Putting things first means I start with them. It's important to me. So I'm going to do it first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. But I'm so busy, I don't have time. Let me tell you, you don't have time not to live this way. That was a good amen. Praise the Lord. Make connecting with God through worship and through prayer a priority in your life. This week, I had lunch with a friend, and uh, we went to a Mexican food restaurant. Glory to God, thank you, Lord, for Mexican food, and we ordered fajitas for two, and so here comes the, oh, man, here comes our food, you know, and they come, and they, it's this whole presentation, you know, here's your steaming plate of Dead animal, and it's like a sacrifice, you know. And here's your side of guacamole and salsa, and it's just like, man, I'm sitting on my throne, you know. I'm like a king. And so I said to my friend, let's let's pray for the food, let's bless the food. And he began to pray, and he just offered up this incredible, heartfelt prayer to God, and you know in my house we pray before we eat um, as well but I'll be honest with with our four kids the oldest being six um, it's usually it's like father thank you for this food <laughs> in Jesus name amen it's <laughs> it's very brief and, and short but he he was he prayed this incredible prayer and um, my first thought how many of you know that oftentimes your first thoughts are not your best thoughts? I was like, the sizzle's going out on these fajitas. Like, we can pray anytime, and we can only eat sometime. Like, that was my first thought. But my second thought, as the Holy Spirit kicked in, we had this connection with God, heaven opened and I I felt we touched the heart of God right there at Chewy's and you can have that at any time at any moment at any day whenever whenever it's the gift that God has given to us that we can touch heaven through Jesus Christ at any moment at any day and so make thank you make prayer a priority in life. Invite heaven into your life and see how God will will change. And I was blessed. That was the takeaway. I was so blessed as he prayed for me, prayed for my family and prayed for a, a lot of stuff. I was just like, man, I'm so blessed by this. And then I was blessed by the food as well, but I was more blessed by the prayer. And we can have that all the time. Let's not sell ourselves short in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for this gift of prayer and worship that you've given to us. Lord, that we can sing our praises to you. And Lord, that we can bring our petitions before you. Lord, I thank you that you're not a God God who's far away and who is distant. But Lord, your word teaches us that you are an ever-present help in our time of need. Lord, whatever it is that we're facing at any point, at any stage of our life, Lord, that you're always there with us because you're the one who's pursuing us. Lord, I thank you that you've made all of this possible and that you give it away as a gift of grace. Lord, there's nothing we could do to earn it. There's no amount of money that we could pay to purchase it because you have done it all for us because of your great love for us. Lord, help us as your people to, to not view prayer and worship as things that we have to do. But Lord, let us see it as, as an invitation to spend time with you, our Father, to invite your life to be made manifest in our lives, our lives which are only a gift from you. But I thank you for each person who's here. I thank you for their life. I thank you for the gift that they are, a gift from you. Were to give to the people in their life a gift to us as your church family of Destiny Church. Lord, help us to live for Your glory today. Lord, let us live for Yours is the kingdom, Yours is the power, Yours is the glory forever and ever. Let us live with this understanding each and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.